Hey, great Friday podcast. Bill O'Reilly is on, knocks it out of the park uh, as usual, gives us the biggest stories of the week. <laughs> we get into some of the Marines that are being held. Interesting point of view from uh, from him. Also, Elijah Schaefer is uh, on talking about ice cream and the president in a scientific sort of way. Also, we talk about the COVID vaccines and really big news on the banking sector. It's uh, red alert, red alert for the economy. And don't forget blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You get 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. And subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast as well. This is Stu Does America, all available right here. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. By the way, uh, General Flynn is on tomorrow's podcast, wherever you get your podcast, or at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Uh, General Michael Flynn on episode, I think it's 119 of the Glenn Beck Podcast. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Uh, you're going to feel really bad, really bad. The New York, uh, the New York Teachers Union, and the um, the Amer- I think it's the American Federation. No, the United Federation of Teachers. Uh, they are asking the Supreme Court to stop this vaccine mandate on teachers because they think it's unconstitutional. The teachers union are uh, are saying that the government has gone too far. They, they <laughs> you can't tell individuals what to do. That's un- un- hmm. unconstitutional. Really? Could I play the Terry McAuliffe <clears throat> audio? Do we still have that from a couple of days ago when he said, you know, we're not going to have people tell teachers what to teach. You believe school systems should tell children what to do. I believe parents should be in charge of their okay. kids education. Mr. McAuliffe, 30 seconds. <laughs> So first of all, this shows how clueless Glenn Youngkin is. He doesn't understand what the laws were because he's never been involved here in helping Virginia. But it was not. The parents had to write to veto bills, veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it. Mm. Also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. They had a right to veto veto books. So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Virginia, if you vote this guy in, you get exactly what you deserve. You do. Unfortunately, if you're living in Virginia and you've worked and worked and worked and worked, it'll be time to move. It will be. You have got to get out of these places that are run by people who think that you don't have a right to even veto books. You notice he said they had a right to veto books, not 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 to understand them or what was it intelligently what. Oh, so everybody was just like, I veto books. What, they're not in making intelligent decisions? No, they're just making decisions you, the people in power, don't agree with. It's so revealing how completely absurd he thinks this idea is, that the parents would have a right to tell their kids, teach their kids what they should be. It's know, unbelievable. What the system, I mean, it's like he thinks it's a completely bonkers alien idea that the parents would be, control, would be in control of their own kids' education. So may I recommend that, uh, as I say to you, batten batten down the hatches. Um, Anybody who says, boy, that's been a weird year. Well, glad I'll be glad for the new year. Shut up (laughs) because it's going to be it's going to be worse. If you think you don't recognize your country now, mark my words this time next year. When I say, remember when I said, mm hmm, you won't recognize it from this year. 
It will be that different. Um, and I can't recommend highly enough to get to places where you're not in the minority. Get to places where there are good, decent people who don't care who you voted for, but they do care if you love America and you, you believe in the Bill of Rights. You vote whatever you want. Do you believe in the Bill of Rights? Do you believe that all men are created equal? Do you believe there shouldn't be some dictator telling you exactly what to do and not to do? Because I do. And then more importantly, I think you need to live in a place where, where God and the Judeo-Christian ethic is really strong. Because we're going to have to start relying on each other. And I don't mean, we're going to rely on each other because you got caps and I got balls. And so we're going to shoot it up. I mean, rely on each other for help, for food. You are going to see in the next year empty shelves everywhere. Um, we are going to, um, that's, if, that's if the economy still is chugging next year. Uh, if it's not, you're definitely going to see empty shelves, uh, but you're going to see the supply chain collapse. Now, I want you to understand what that means when the supply chain collapses. Um, you know, it's like I've said over for 20 years now when I'm talking to you about my Patriot supply. And I'll be like, because, you know, when a truck can't make it to your grocery store eight times a day. To replenish the shelves. That's the average. Each grocery store is replenished eight times a day. When those trucks aren't bringing stuff in, you don't have anything on your, on your grocery shelves. How many of us have already experienced this in grocery stores? I know there are things and brands that I have, I have wanted to buy. If I, for instance, can't buy, uh, what's the Mexican water? The Topo. Topo, Topo Chico. Chico. I, I can't find that. Now, I know it's out there. I've gone to three grocery stores. I can't find it. Okay. What, what, what happened to that? Um, and I don't know if it's a supply chain, if they stop carrying it or whatever. I just can't find it. I know there are many things, many things. I ordered a stove a year ago, a year ago. When it was supposed to come in in spring, they said it would be in August. When August passed, they said it would be in September. When September passed, they said... Um, yeah, we're not really sure. We can't give you a date. It could be as much as another year. Excuse me? What? How many times have you gone to buy certain things and it's just not there anymore? And you're like, wow, that's weird. I'm telling you, these are the birth pangs of things to come. There is a group of, uh, of dock workers, of, uh, they're all the transportation people. They're the heads of the truck drivers and uh, airlines that are doing cargo shipments and the seafarers. They went to the UN and gave the UN a massive warning and said, you're on the verge of a complete system collapse because of what the governments are doing with COVID, how they're restricting people. Uh, how they're disin uh, disin giving disin uh, disincentives to work by paying people extra to stay home. It is collapsing the supply chain. The California ports, just the California ports, about to break. 
All that stuff sitting out on the on the coast can't be brought in because there's nobody to truck it. There's no way to get the port. There's no way to get them out of the ports. There's nobody to put them onto trucks. And it's all because of the regulations that the government are, are doing all over the world now. Stu was just telling me he was just reading from uh, what was the uh, the company Simple um, Modern. Simple Modern. Yeah, they make uh, you know stainless steel drinkware is one yeah. of the things they make. Um, Mike Beckham is the CEO. He says uh, this is pretty scary. There's a major storm brewing in the supply chain. Stop. It- Everything you think you know about America, forget that you're in a new world. And listen to this with fresh ears, please. It could dramatically impact everyone's life next year, but almost no one knows about it yet. We're talking about empty shelves, crazy inflation, etc. Here's what I'm learning about the problem from my contacts in China. As a communist country, China is centrally planned. That means things like electricity usage are planned in Beijing by party officials instead of governed by the supply and demand of the market. Which is incredibly different than what uh, Joe Biden is working on. Uh, they won't be centrally planned in Beijing, just centrally planned in Washington, D.C. <laughs> totally different city. Completely yeah. different city. And that's full of Chinese people. And th- in Washington, D.C. is not full of Chinese people. I mean, the differences just keep adding up to the point to where it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. to even mention central planning (laughs) like china compared to the central planning here it's completely (laughs) different here it's at the beginning of the year china set electricity quotas for each province Hmm. as a result of supply chain disruptions from covid and unprecedented factory demand many of the provinces have used way more electricity than planned Hmm. now china doesn't have enough coal power so in other words when they don't have a free market to be able to do the things with power that they need to do and just have companies incentivized to, you know, from the free market to continue this like it works here in America. <laughs> the central planning, they run out of electricity. Mm. Did they stop building walls? Why don't they just build more walls with more outlets in them? Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to check into that. Yeah, okay. He doesn't cover that. Uh, the Chinese government has begun restricting electric- or electrical usage for the provinces based on how much electricity they have used so far this year. There's a green, yellow, and red system that is put in place. As I mean, That's how what every Chinese or every government, uh, communist government ever does. They, they've always got color-based systems. Yeah, I know. DHS and we doesn't would never do, do that. that. We don't do that. Um, uh, some of uh, our primary production is in a yellow region. These partners now have electricity caps and can work four days a week instead of six. Their production has been cut by 33%, and these cuts are likely to last until the Chinese New Year. This is a big deal. In stainless steel drinkware, that's the business he's in, 93% of the world's production happens in one province in China. Of that production, about half happens from now until the Chinese New Year. What that means is about 20% of the world's production isn't going to get built this year. Products being produced in the more restricted red regions are going to get hit even harder. There are already stories about regions having to operate by candlelight due to the power rationing. Mm. The problem with COVID is that it led to cascading failures throughout the supply chain. If production drops so dramatically over the coming months, then empty shelves will be commonplace. We are talking about a situation where many product types will be completely nuked. Do your Christmas shopping now. I, that's not what I want you to take from this article. No, but I, with uh, little but, kids? Uh, yeah, with yeah. little kids, do your Christmas shopping right now. Right now. Because it's going to be very bad this Christmas. 
Even more concerning is what will happen on the other side of the Chinese New Year. The lack of production caused by the electrical shortages is going to cause an unprecedented amount of demand on Chinese factories in 2022. It's very likely that if that happens, we will see the biggest traffic jam the supply chain has ever experienced. This year, we got a taste of what happens when you apply pressure to the logistics supply chain. Next year, we may see a full break in some places. One additional point is that China is simultaneously rolling out its 2021 to 2022 autumn and winter action plan for air pollution management. This plan curtails even more production from factories with higher pollution. Um, and it, it goes on and on, blah, 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 but, blah, blah, but, but blah. you get the point here. You know, okay. we're talking about major disruptions, and it's like I think we all went into COVID realizing, like, holy crap, this whole thing could collapse. And I think uh, I would say the majority of people are like, oh. I mean, that was rough, and obviously the health issues haven't were paid one thing, for yet. but we haven't paid the an bill economic price like that. No, the bill hasn't come yet, and mm-hmm. it's coming next year. It is coming. Um, let me just go back to the ports in California. So, you know, 40% of all of the stuff that comes in on car- cargo ships come into 11 ports in California. 40%. 30% of everything we ship out goes through 11 ports in California. Because of the workers that are not working... Um, because the um, the ports couldn't, I mean, they lost so much money when nothing was coming in. Now the demand is so high. So, you know, half of the ships in port in California are called mega container ships. They have like 10,000 of those big cargo things in them. Okay. Um, that's double or triple the size of what cargo ships were uh, 10 years ago. Triple the size so it takes them a lot longer to load and unload which means there are more trucks trains and warehouses that are needed to unload store and transport the good half of them are these uh the wait now keeps getting longer and longer and longer containers are waiting nearly 16 days on average before they're being unloaded and the ports are working 24 hours a day now. This is unsustainable. They have 100 plus ships sitting waiting outside of Los Angeles alone to try to get into the ports. Um, everything that you're looking for on your shelf, a lot of it is sitting out waiting for somebody to open it and, and be able to get it onto a truck. It's sitting in the water right now. That's not all of the demand, as you heard China can't keep up with the demand, and it's about to break in China because of electricity. But not just electricity, kids. They're also going now through a massive economic problem. Please hear me. Shortages are coming. You will look at shelves next year, and you will wonder if you are even in the United States of America. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Steve Dace, Blaze TV host, Steve Dace show, author of The Fauci and Bargain. Welcome, Steve. How are you? Good morning, brother. How you been? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so, Steve, I'm doing a five-night special, uh, I think, next month on some investigation that we've been doing. In fact, um, uh, we had earlier this week 
somebody had hacked into our system of one of our producers and was going through all of our confidential files preparing for this show on Dr. Fauci and uh, and covid Um, and Google couldn't even figure out who was in the Google Docs looking at all of that stuff. Um, We have taken everything and gone uh, offline with all of it um, while we produce this show. Uh, There's a lot of really, really bad things that have been going on with it. Tell me about the bonus chapter, The Fauci and Booster. Well, if you read Fauci and Bargain, we left off right when the vaccine uh, uh, vaccines were being uh, rolled out, Glenn. And the initial data in real time, particularly for high risk in the elderly with the alpha variant, the initial data was actually very promising. Uh, And so we just figured, let's just end the book here. And then if this becomes an issue of mandates, we can pick up the conversation later. And and as it has been the pattern of this entire scandemic, the less something works, the more they want to mandate it. And so when the vaccines were performing very well, you know, hey, you know, back to normal, take your masks off, everything else. It's the minute that the Delta variant arrived and we began to see the efficacy, particularly from a transmission standpoint of these therapeutics just completely collapse. That now suddenly they want to impose them on everyone. Uh, you have the Biden administration overruling the uh, 16 to 2 vote by the FDA, including two resignations in opposition to third boosters. Israel's doing third boosters. Canada just bought four years worth of boosters from Pfizer, as a matter of fact. And, and Glenn, if, if I had gone online and said in, in February, March, April or May, that I don't think that these vaccines will hold up in mass against transmission and you're all going to need a third booster by the end of the year. I'd have been suspended, if not banned from Twitter or Facebook mm-hmm. for saying that. And yet here we are. And so that's why we decided we had to do this bonus chapter to try to equip people with Fauci and booster to push back on vaccine mandate mandates right now while the while the iron is hot. OK, let me go through some of your tweets here. According to the Who's dashboard, The United States had 156% more COVID cases and 148% higher deaths than the third week of September this year compared to 2020. No one was vaccinated in September 2020. 75% of adults have at least had one vaccine dosed September 2021. Tell me what this means. These are, this is, you know, I had a lefty journalist, and I use that in quotation marks, ask me on Twitter, how many uh, people that have been banned from YouTube do we quote in Fauci and Booster? These are people I've never even heard of, okay? Although getting banned from YouTube nowadays, frankly, makes me want to find them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just use uh, WHO, World Health Organization, and CDC data for the majority of our 40 footnotes in this 22-page chapter. And if you look at the weekly breakouts from the World Health Organization, we had lower natural immunity, no one vaccinated last September, We have up to 80% of people, according to CDC, have some immunity for COVID-19 between natural immunity and vaccinations. 75% have been given at least one dose. We have have two-thirds of adults uh, that have received both doses. Over 80% of seniors in America have been given both doses. And yet we're sitting here with 156% more cases and 148% uh, more deaths. And this is this is a week where things should be calmed down. We're on the tail end of the sunbelt wave. You've got a bit of a lull before we head into the, the, the winter wave and the seasonality where I live in the north. And yet you look at a state like Vermont right now, Glenn, it's the most vaccinated state in the union. They have an all time high for cases right now. Seasonality doesn't even begin for them until this weekend. Maine has an, is also a top three vaccinated state. 
They've got an all-time high for ICU patients right now. Connecticut's reporting, again, out of season, one-third of its hospitalizations are fully vaccinated. We haven't even hit the, the seasonality. That's the number one driver of this. Uh, the number one population driver of COVID all over the world is seasonality. We have not even hit the seasonality in the north and already in Vermont and Maine and Connecticut, three of the most vaccinated states we're having. We have, you are seeing trend lines that really you ought to be seeing in January. So what in the world is January going to look like? So so what are you suggesting here, that the vaccine makes things worse? What I'm suggesting is something is not right. They're not telling us something. Something isn't right. This is a bait and switch. The initial vaccine data up against the alpha variants was very, very strong, especially from a therapeutic. And now that it has collapsed on August 5th, on CNN of all places, where truth doesn't even go to die, it doesn't exist, okay? <laughs> the director of the CDC, Rachel, Rochelle Walensky, went on Wolf Blitzer and admitted that these vaccines no longer stop transmission. So that would seem to indicate then if, if you know, the whole ar- argument over masks last year was wear a mask doesn't protect you, but somebody else, which that was a lie, but that was the argument, right? Well, if, that's actually the argument now for these therapeutics. They are a therapeutic like the flu vaccine. You are, you, you are, if you get involved in this vaccination program, unless they come up with a true vaccine, a true immunization, a Salkian level achievement, understand that you are signing yourself up for an ongoing human experiment of being injected and re-injected with the nanoparticles of this experimental technology that no one invested in prior to 2008. And Moderna had, had, was 0 for 9 in bringing products to market until COVID. You're, you're part of this experiment ongoing. Now, you still may decide that given the risk of COVID for you and the, how the, the variants seem to be getting worse, you may still decide that that's worth the gamble. But you should be informed of that choice. And if these things, Glenn, do not stymie transmission, which they do not, okay, if they don't stymie transmission, then there is simply no medical or ethical rationale for mandating them on people whatsoever, because this isn't like that, that if you're not, you're any more of a super spreader than someone who is. There was a study that came out from the state of Wisconsin's Department of Health just a week ago. Frankly, I found it courtesy of our CEO, Tyler Carden. He sent it to me. Two of the largest counties in Wisconsin did a study, and what they found is that the viral load of people who tested positive with COVID vaccinated was actually slightly higher than those who tested positive for COVID unvaccinated. Again, there is no moral or ethical justification for mandating these things before we even get to the constitutional question. So, um, Steve, there is you're, what you're saying is this is not a vaccine. It's a therapeutic at best and yes. and maybe something that you once you start you've got to continue to take like the flu shot you have to get a new one every year for the new strain glenn okay That's what I, yeah. all right um but there are some things and we keep um if we're into therapeutics we keep finding therapeutics that are cheap um <laughs> hydroxychloroquine is a very good therapeutic it's not going to stop it but it will help you if you have it. It may stop you from getting it. It did me. Once I stopped taking it, that's when I, I got uh, COVID. Um, and uh, I, I was taking it. My whole family had COVID. I mean, I was like, oh, I know you got snot all over your face, but kiss me, sweetheart. Uh, I mean, I wanted to get it out, so I had the natural immunity. Um, but I was taking hydroxychloroquine. Uh, that worked. Ivermectin. It works. Those are cheap. And 
my sister was uh, asking her doctor for um, hydroxychloroquine in Washington State, and he would not prescribe it. He wouldn't prescribe it. He wouldn't prescribe ivermectin either. These are drugs that have been used for a long, long time. Glenn Ivermectin won the Nobel Prize in 2015. It is not horse paste. That's a lie. Uh, we have a lot of antibiotics that we repurpose for animal usage nowadays. Uh, for example, ever had a, bur- had a uh, burger at McDonald's or Burger King? Enjoy your, uh, your grilled or fried antibiotics because you had some right there. Okay. Uh, that's a complete and total lie. Uh, this drug has literally saved and been taken by or saved hundreds of millions of people since 2015. It's manufacturer Merck, who, by the way, was one of the first companies to jump in on President Trump's Operation Warp Speed and then backed out when they were not confident in their human trial data that they could come up with a mRNA vaccine that was efficacious enough to justify uh, the side effects. So they never came up with one, even though they're arguably the most successful pharma company in the country. All right. They are the creators of ivermectin. They were part of winning a Nobel Prize for this back in 2015. And, and now, and then back in February, they actually put out a paper trying to discredit their own drug from, from people using it. Uh, and now we find out today they've signed a massive contract with the feds to get emergency, non-author, emergency authorization for an oral uh, drug that sounds a heck of a lot like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And oh, by the way, though, this one, the government's going to pay them $70 a pill. I could go on goodrx.com right now, and with a Walgreens coupon, I could get 58 cents per pill ivermectin. If you do the math, that is 11,900% profit per pill, Glenn, per pill for Merck. Okay. How and close so, is it to ivermectin? Hate the game, not the player. How, well, uh, how do we know? Here's the thing. All the data that we have gotten so far have all been internal. Let me show you something that just made me laugh out loud last week. Remdesivir, the people at Gilead, which makes Remdesivir, tried to come out with a study uh, to show the government that they are uh, a hugely successful product in stopping people from requiring hospitalization for COVID. Now, back in July, one of the best public university hospitals in the country is an hour down the road from where I live at the University of Iowa. They did a lot of live real-time study of remdesivir in July, published the results. They found that, it, that when it's not causing renal failure, failure, it either doesn't work, and in many cases, it prolongs hospital usage. But here's the kicker, Glenn. Here's the kicker. The only way you can get remdesivir is to actually go to a hospital or healthcare facility and have it administered to you, usually by injection there. They self-reported that their drug stops people from having to, having to be hospitalized for COVID, but it's a drug you have to go to the hospital in order to get. And yet this is a joke. They, just, they, they lie about this stuff all the time. And then the treatment that actually works, it was called Regeneron when they gave it to President Bush or President Trump at this time last year to get him out of the hospital. But now it's known as the monoclonal antibodies. There's several different manufacturers. Mm. Ask your audience. If you want to know why I'm not celebrating the Merck announcement today, let me, let me respond to your question with a question. How many commercials since last November after, after Regeneron, monoclonal, saved President Trump's life and got him out of the hospital and then was made available a month later for the country? How many commercials have you seen on TV in the last 10 months for monoclonal antibodies? How many of you even knew they existed until Ron DeSantis started making them portable around the state of Florida? And then after they saved a bunch of lives and they start doing this in your state of Texas now, now the Biden administration wants to ration it. If how many of you even knew what this was and how many of you have seen it promoted, even though it actually works? 
That's why I'm not celebrating. There's something has smelled rotten in the state of Denmark, Glenn, from day one, from the day that the Imperial College survey came out, March 16th of last year till now. This thing stinks to high heaven, high heaven, brother. I promise you. Uh, thank you so much, Steve. I, I really appreciate the work that you have uh, done on this and um, keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Man. God bless. God bless. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Another host uh, from Blaze TV, the host of Slightly Offensive and co-host of You Are Here, Elijah Schaefer joins us now. I brought you in on because uh, I wanted to ask you something because you're you have a degree in biology or what is yeah, it? Yeah, molecular biology, some grad school, but I was smart and I left that field to do this. I saw what was coming. I knew it. I knew it was coming that they were going to start uh, using the weird woke politics and the sciences, stop caring about things like objectivity and discipline and starting to look at science as more of an art. Mm, that was that's that's good. <laughs> um, and so you have I mean, you have the knowledge of. For instance, the masks, as Stu just said, you want to stop it. You want to make sure you're safe and you're not sprinting. Then get an N95 mask and then you don't have to worry about what everybody else is doing. You get an N95 mask and that pretty much will stop anything that is coming through. That's your best shot on a mask. The rest of them are ridiculous. Yeah, I know. And, and it's kind of crazy, too, because obviously we we're talking about with the ban that just happened. I just said what's on the box of these cloth masks, these paper masks, especially the homemade masks are the one that make me laugh the most. Yeah, yeah. Just get a piece of cloth, tie it around your face and COVID will stay away as if it's like the five second rule, you know, where yeah. as long as the food's <laughs> not on the ground for five seconds, the bacteria can't hit it. If you have anything over your face, you block all pathogens. If only we knew that for the yeah. last several thousand years and no one would have died. Yeah. Um, so the, the idea of these, uh, vaccine mandates, I don't know if you heard this, uh, today or yesterday, it was announced that the Federation of Teachers in New York are now suing because they say they should not be mandated for teachers. It's unconstitutional. They're on worth. It's unconstitutional. In New York. In New York. The teachers in New York are suing because they should, they say they shouldn't have to be forced to be vaccinated. Well, of course not. I, I mean, you know, I know it's the first thing about the vaccine that I've agreed with the teachers unions on. <laughs> I didn't even know teachers unions were allowed to make logical sense today. I thought that was like <laughs> yeah, illegal in 2014 or something. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they're going to use this more and more to curb people's rights. I mean, a woman uh, who was uh, pregnant um quite a ways along in her pregnancy she was a nurse she refused to get the vaccine because of the baby didn't matter she was fired she's now suing all of these things where you're just losing access to a job or a place is only going to get worse yeah you know and i i just spoke to uh, another comedian um, named Lila Hart. She has spina bifida, which is a sort of a mm -hmm. deformative issue. And she actually has a blood clotting disorder and is unable to take the vaccines. And so not only is this a, someone with a disability, this is a woman, right? This is for years. All we've right. heard about is fighting for the disabled, fighting for women. And she's a pretty popular comedian. I knew about her before I met her. She's been barred from almost every single comedy house and club. Uh, she even had to move from LA because she couldn't work anymore because they wouldn't let her in. And, and she told me, she goes, 
And you know that they don't even believe in these mandates because the bouncer said, Lila, to her, why don't you just, why didn't you just bring me a fake vaccine card and we would have let you in? And she was saying like, look, all these people that are even championing it and saying it's a good thing, when a push comes to shove, they don't even believe that this is necessary. There's a good chunk of people too that that are working at these places that don't want to be involved in enforcing vaccine Correct. mandates. That's not their job. It's Correct. not why they got they went to get hired there. And now they're stuck in this impossible position in between people who want to be able to go into an establishment and the actual business who wants them in the establishment many times, but they're forced by the government to do other things. I mean, that's just nuts. It's a crazy. It's a crazy way of doing business. So I've been having a debate with myself and and with Bill O'Reilly, and I think Stu and I are on the same page with uh, Joe Biden. We think he's senile. We think he's going, but he's there enough to make these decisions. These are not senile decisions. These are decisions he's making and he knows he's making them. Um, uh, But there there also is this weird ice cream thing with him. Uh, He's constantly having ice cream they constantly at ice cream stores and i heard this and i thought you know who would know if this is true is elijah so ice cream is is a sign of possible dementia if you're craving it and you're his age yeah so there's actually two sides of this that are really interesting and i want to keep it very simple assuming that you know nothing about dementia and probably know a lot about ice cream. Yes, I, I, I know a lot too, about I, ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but essentially when it comes to dementia, right, there's a few different types. Like there's vascular dementia, there's frontotemporal dementia and Alzheimer's. There's different types of these degenerations in the brain. This has to do with buildup of things like plaques and different types of uh, neurotoxicity. So the point of the matter is, is that dementia has two problems. There's the biological element, which obviously could be fought with medicine like Prozac or different types of medications. And then there's the behavioral side of it, which is that as you begin to get older in age and are unable to process information, you can start to get confused, disoriented because you lose the ability to cope with the stress of life, right? A lot of people, when you're younger, you may drink a lot, you may get angry, you may, uh, I don't know, hopefully you don't do anything too destructive, you may go running. Uh, As you get older, you lose that ability to cope and the stress builds. And so um, this is why he doesn't take questions from reporters, because when there's an influx of stimuli, especially from things that you're not prepared for, it can lead you to a state of disorientation, hallucination, and confusion, which is why they always stop the questions, because he needs to compose himself. But it also lead to anger oh yeah it, it one of the things too is you if you see him shuffling around and moving around and, and snapping is usually it, one of the main signs is snapping and getting kind of lost confused and shuffling around and you see him with his mask these are these are very uh typical signs of of not only early onset but total onset of dementia specifically i think he has the ftd the frontotemporal because i again with the ice cream where it comes in is that one of the ways without using drugs or medication that you can treat uh, dementia and that you can help satiate it is by bringing a coping mechanism, a positive coping mechanism that might bring both dopamine uh, release and joy to the individual and also connect them back to earlier, simpler times. I got to tell you, dementia yeah. has never seemed more appealing to me than right now. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? But I'm saying this, this, so this is why. So this is just the connotative form of it, of a very simple way to help people is to give them the ice cream because it's sweet. And honestly, with FTD is you have a natural craving usually for sugars. Ice cream's readily available. It 
doesn't look suspicious like putting your hands in a full cake and just eating it right. although we've all been there uh, <laughs> we've all been there so there's that but also on the side of things there's a lot of new research biological research that shows a direct link between consuming uh, certain types of fermented dairy products, including ice cream, that contain uh, hydroogesterol uh, and oleamide and different fatty acids in in preventing the degeneration of the brain, especially what's called microglial inflammation. My brain inflammation. will live forever. Yeah, no, and that's why, Na but honestly, Nancy Pelosi, if you notice with a lot of these politicians who are very old, I mean, you look at the, the, the filings for these people, look at how much ice cream they spend on themselves and their older donors and people in their in their cabinet it doesn't make sense oh, it's ten thousand plus dollars couldn't it just be that people really like ice cream well hopefully that's true <laughs> if you're an american yeah. you better be a patriot love yeah. your country yeah. and also and like I, ice cream, ice cream. Right? you know the, the <laughs> weird thing is um that was martha washington's attack she did not want george to run for a second term and so the biggest attacks came from his own mother and the one that she thought had real sticking power was he is so irresponsible with money. You have no idea what this man spends a year on ice cream. Well, <laughs> wow. My wife might say the same thing about me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me no, too. But, but, I, but I'm going to say that it's actually interesting, though, that specifically in one study in Japan, right, there was a link between rice consumption and actual neurodegenerative toxicity, which means that it actually prevents uh, your brain from being healthy, but a direct link between people who consumed a lot of dairy and mental health, psychological health, showing a direct connection, that's how it started, between dairy products and preventing aging in the brain. And so what's really interesting is that the ice cream because it's readily available and it's delicious, basically the study was saying is that you could have low sugared, partially fermented yogurt or ice cream as the way to try to prevent the onset and development of dementia. And I don't mm. know about you, but when it comes, I mean, yogurt's okay, but if you're gonna <laughs> no. offer me a spoonful of partially fermented yogurt yeah. or a nice scoop of Ben and Jerry's, I know where Not, I'm going with. I'll go for the fermented, <laughs> even really moldy uh, yogurt over Ben and Jerry's, but that's, yeah, that's, a that's for a different oh, yeah, the reasons. Oh the communist, yeah, the, the communist, communist ice cream. Um, one, other, one other question on dementia. Um, I, have, I have read and seen photos of the president. For instance, there's this photo, amazing photo, of him in the Oval Office, down on his knees, in front of a woman, kissing her hand, um, because she, I think it was that she had a lot of children, and he was like, oh, you are, you know, you women that do this are so you should be, you know, praised. And he actually got down on his knees and kissed her hand. Um, and, and then you see other things where he will stop in the middle of a conference, and he will just talk to little kids and he'll kind of baby talk with them a little bit. And the point of this article was that one of the signs of dementia is you don't you no longer know what's appropriate and inappropriate. And so you were you will you'll do things that are so clearly inappropriate for any, you know, adult. Um, but you will do the things like he's doing, like the president should know you never get down on your knees in the in the oval office unless you're praying i think most men when it comes to meeting new women don't get on your knees yeah yeah that's, not a great that's, idea yeah. general yeah. in general yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> like, and so he does a lot of these weird things it, it, and i know you're not a doctor but uh um, no, yeah but 
but this is this is the point actually it's like you don't have to be a doctor and i want to you know some of your audience would know this obviously there's there's a, a similar type of lack of social cue with certain uh forms of autism you don't have to be a doctor if you have an autistic child or you yourself are autistic uh, or you know peter Thiel. yeah yeah you 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 will come <laughs> out and say hey look there's a reason why we have these diagnoses is because you know somebody may feel like you know if, if i'm coming onto them that could be considered assault or inappropriate but once you find out let's say somebody you know touches you inappropriately or something you go, hey they have a certain form of autism they don't understand social cues that allows us in society to know how to function and relate to that person because mm -hmm. we go oh i'll be patient sure. I'll teach them and I will understand where they're coming from. That's why with Joe Biden and dementia, we have that diagnosis with people because you go, oh, okay, yeah, this guy shouldn't be president. Mm -hmm. And also like, yeah, if this old man gets on his knees and kisses my hand, I shouldn't freak out because, oh, he probably has frontotemporal dementia. And I understand that this kind of behavior is, is normal for people with this degeneration. Can he have that and still be very, very lucid and making decisions at times? No, there's no way because one, it's called like, I think it's called sundown syndrome, which is why he goes to bed so early is like, you actually find yourself getting tired early and you can't handle, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the introduction of new stimuli because you can't process things quickly. So basically every job descriptor for the present that you need, uh, fast reaction skills, uh, ability to process complex information, the ability to stay up long hours, uh, these basic tenants that would scare most people away from the job are all of the qualifications and skills that Joe Biden cannot physically, this is not just something we can teach him cannot physically psychologically or emotionally undertake if the diagnosis of dementia is real and i do not believe and i'm not a medical doctor but just like i don't need a di a degree to tell when someone has autism or something's a little bit off you do not need to have a medical degree to look at this man and go this man needs help he needs love he needs care he needs to enjoy this last you know hopefully decades of his life we hope that he has a long-lasting life with his family but being president of the united states is not something he's cognitively capable of doing elijah schaefer uh, uh, from you are here uh, on blaze tv uh, thank you so much thank for you being guys on the program please appreciate it na, na, na.